It's Rico Daily. I'm Ronnie Mola. The hardest part is showing up. You lose 100% of the shots you don't take. If you don't squeeze your buns, no one else will. What am I doing here, Emily? I think you're quoting Peloton instructors. That's right. Both Emily and I do Peloton. Emily actually owns a bike and is the legitimate owner of a subscription to Peloton. And I use her password to do some of the workouts that don't require a bike. Yes, it makes me look very fit. So back at the beginning of the pandemic, it felt like there was never a better time to be like a Peloton bike, right? A Peloton? Give it up for our first time riding. First ride. I'm a little nervous, but excited. Let's do this. People were stuck at home. Gyms were closed. It seemed like everyone, you included, was buying a Peloton. What's happened since then? The pandemic was sort of the best thing that happened to Peloton until it was the worst. So to back up a little bit, early on in the pandemic, Peloton was really well positioned to corner the at-home fitness market. It had equipment and content ready to go compared to competitors like SoulCycle that didn't have bikes at the ready to send out. And Peloton, while it had some studios, that wasn't really the business model. And so they didn't do big layoffs. They didn't have a ton of overhead. They didn't have to shut down studios. So things looked really good for Peloton. And a lot of people, like myself, put in orders for Peloton. I ordered my Peloton in June of 2020. It took two months for it to come because Peloton was really having a hard time keeping up with demand. So they started to naturally invest to keep up with that demand. But now the situation has sort of inverted where Peloton has caught up to demand, but that demand is no longer there to the extent that it was in 2020. So instead of too much demand and not enough supply, they have too much supply and not enough demand. There have been reports that layoffs might be coming, that there might be a pause in production of some of their bikes and treadmills. And the company's just kind of had some bad headlines, bad luck. There have been some safety issues around its treadmill, specifically with children being near the treadmill. This morning, parents of a four-year-old boy who suffered third-degree burns after getting pinned underneath a Peloton Tread Plus treadmill are speaking out. Children should not be sucked under a conveyor belt that can kill them. Also, at the end of last year in the Sex and the City reboot, just like that, one of the lead characters, Mr. Big, died after riding a Peloton bike, which, not ideal. And just like that, Big died. But then afterwards, Peloton put out an ad with the actor Chris Noth showing that he had kind of lived, but then... Right after that happened, he was hit with some sexual assault allegations. Actress Zoe Lister-Jones, who is known for her role in the CBS sitcom Life in Pieces, is coming forward with accusations against Sex and the City star Chris Noth. Lister-Jones posted an Instagram slideshow Thursday evening in which she calls Noth a sexual predator. Then they pulled the ad. And even more recently, Billions, another television show, featured a Peloton-related health incident, though the character did not die. But not an ideal situation. So full of spoilers, apparently, for shows I'm not going to watch. But basically, you're saying that Peloton, by some fault of its own and some outside circumstances, really blew its lead. Yeah, essentially. 
So for people who aren't you and me, can you just briefly explain what Peloton is, how it got started? Just a little background here. Yeah, so it's a fitness company launched in 2012. Its first stationary bike was delivered in 2014, and that's sort of what it's most known for, you know, the spin bikes. It rode kind of the boutique fitness wave, think like Soul Cycle, Flywheel, Bears Boot Camp, but also this connected fitness wave with people working out kind of through technology from home. Think like the mirror, which maybe you've seen an ad for. They did start doing treadmills in 2018, and they went public in the fall of 2019. And when the pandemic hit, the Peloton stock was like one of the big pandemic stocks like Zoom or Clorox. Zoom and Peloton, I remember. Yes. (laughs) So this is kind of like the connected Nordic track of the new millennium? Basically. So how much does the bike actually cost and what do you pay for a monthly subscription? So how much it costs depends a little bit on what you get. A regular Peloton bike starts at $14.95 and goes up from there. The bike plus a fancier version of it is $24.95. The treadmill starts at the same price. Again, you can get kind of different add-ons if you want weights or, or different things. In terms of subscription, if you bought the equipment, so you bought the bike, uh, it's $39 a month. But you can also be just a digital member, which means you get access to the classes, but you don't have the actual equipment. And that's $12.99. So it really sort of depends. You get at this in your article, but you bought a bike, which is a pretty expensive lift. It's like two grand and you have a monthly subscription that I steal. But you're not going to buy another bike, right? Where are the new customers going to come from for Peloton? Right. So I'm not buying a new bike. I love my Peloton, but there is a a limited number of Pelotons that I will buy, which is one. (laughs) And so what Peloton has sort of found is that you need to keep expanding, expanding, expanding the customer base. And, And the big question is, how many people want to buy your treadmill? How many people want to buy a bike with a computer attached to it? Right. And and how many people yeah, want to spend $2,000? And is that market growing or did it grow? Did that market grow? I mean, people definitely bought a lot of Pelotons at the beginning of the pandemic. But basically, one analyst I talked to mentioned is that the pandemic sort of pulled forward demand for Pelotons. So what does that mean? Basically, it means that people like me who maybe would have bought a bike or a treadmill in 2021 or 2022 bought one in 2020. And so that demand kind of got sucked into a tight time frame. Okay, so people who are always going to buy something like this did it earlier, but it didn't necessarily create more people who would buy this sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. And the company sort of bet on the latter. And Peloton is excellent at marketing. They're excellent at telling their story, but they sort of believe their story that they could grow, 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 grow this community forever. And there are limits to that. Now, I'm not saying that Peloton will die tomorrow and they will never sell a bike, but they have had a hard time forecasting how many people will want to buy their actual equipment, which is their big moneymaker. And they did, you know, lower the prices. I saw like the price of bikes was going down. So they are trying to like increase the number of people who could potentially buy this. Is that working? Well, so last year they did lower the price of the bikes. I spent a lot of the holidays getting emails from Peloton about didn't I want to trade my bike in for a better one or didn't I want a treadmill too? But what happens there is like, okay, sure, like, let's say you lower the price of the bike, which they did. And they did see a bit of a pickup in sales, but it wasn't big enough. And that also lowers your margins. And so now what's happening is Peloton is raising prices again. Basically, they're going to start charging for the delivery and setup for a lot of their products 
Yeah, so like $250, $350 are getting added back into the equation. Okay, and now hopefully, I mean, it's really a fool's errand to sort of predict these things, but let's say the pandemic, at least some of the more strict closing down of things is over, people go back to gyms. What's happening to Peloton now? So it's not super clear. You know, I do want to say they do have a lot of subscribers still. They have about 6.2 million members, including digital only. That means people... Including me. Including you. Well, you're not counted, <laughs> but including another one of our coworkers who just does the digital. Um, but they have you know, a lot of people who are using the subscription, which is an ongoing revenue stream, obviously. But it's not as much as selling a bike for $2,000. One analyst that I talked to also kind of mentioned beyond people going back to gyms is that Peloton has a lot more competitors now. They spent a lot pretty early on in the pandemic to try and catch up with this demand, right, which whittled away at their cash reserves. At the same time, people learned how great connected fitness was, and that helped their competitors raise money. And so they're kind of competing in a different field. The analyst I talked to said, you can imagine a world where Peloton, if the pandemic hadn't happened, might be a little bit better positioned. Well, you don't wake up to be mediocre. You don't. <laughs> that is another Peloton slogan. Thank you so much for explaining this to me. Yeah, thanks for having me and for participating in my Peloton subscription. Today's episode was produced by Victoria Dominguez, engineered by Melissa Pones of Hemlock Creek Productions, and hosted by me, Ronnie Mola. 